Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. We begin our program today with a quote. Here it is. When any group of human beings is defined as a problem, it becomes easier to commit human rights abuses and to normalize discrimination against them, end quote. Who said that and why? I'll let Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, fill in the details. Lincoln, the time is yours. It's an interesting little window into the thinking of our leaders in the United States in the early days and the dynamic that in many ways they had inherited. Church history is a very interesting thing to follow. And while most people think they know about the Inquisition, they probably don't know how it approximately began. You know, the Inquisition started in Spain, the Spanish Inquisition, where it was quite severe. And the cause of it was to deal with the Jews. There was an element of it dealing with the Muslims, but That wasn't a religious problem. They were the other. But the Jews, of course, as the people of the uh, book, the ones that, according to uh, medieval Christianity, had crucified Christ, which is a horrible charge because it was never all the Jews of Jesus' time, and it certainly is not all the descendants of those people. It's a horrible blood guilt. But in the Spanish Inquisition, Jews were picked upon in an incredible way and expelled from Spain. Lock, stock, and barrel. The only ones that were allowed to remain were the conversos, those that converted to Christianity. And and then they were harassed because if they were caught or charged to be secretly practicing Judaism, then, you know, God help them. The Inquisition would tear their their nails out and destroy them. And Protestantism even continued some of that same persecution, sadly. And it's in my mind at the moment, because we're in the middle of a pandemic And in the Black Death and other similar pandemics in Europe, while all sorts of problems bubbled up as they are today, you know, rioting is not new in a pandemic. It seems like anti-Semitic behavior surfaces in a very rude and often uh, violent way. And so I just think this is a good time to talk about how the Jews have been treated. And even in the United States, Jews were not normally given full rights. Most of the uh, colonies had laws restricting their worship and and, uh, their their freedoms, basically, under the different establishment of churches in the various colonies. And so it was very important for the countries that formulated and developed the Bill of Rights, which was a condition of the passage of the Constitution, and, of course, the First Amendment, freedom of religion. So I, I want to talk about a very interesting incident. And even as I'm talking about that, I've got to give one more example from my favorite period in English history. Uh, Oliver Cromwell, when he became Lord Protector of England following their civil war, which set the Puritans and their pure Protestant views against the neo-Catholic tendencies in England, one of the first acts that Oliver Cromwell did was allow the Jews back into England, which will show you that those uh, colonists who had inherited much of the English thinking should have brought with them a tolerance toward Jews. 
But as, as the story begins that I want to share today, George Washington was newly uh, installed as, as president, victorious general, the uh, figurehead for his whole life, really, of what this new republic meant. As he traveled to Rhode Island, he was contacted by the uh, rabbi of the Turo Synagogue, who wrote him a letter, and then in reply, George Washington uh, wrote another letter, and both of them are a big, important part of the history, religious liberty history of the United States. 1790. 1790, okay. I have seen, you know, it's buried a bit in the writing in the cities and the Black Lives Matter and, you know, all sorts of agitations, but there has been a clear upsurge in uh, anti-Semitic language and even violent acts in the United States. So this is not immaterial to the present. Amen, yes. And what's very interesting, when the rabbi wrote to George Washington, he was, of course, writing from Rhode Island, which was not one of the regular colonies. Remember, Rhode Island had been established by Roger Williams, (laughs) who was one of the early figures arguing for toleration and freedom and and the rights of religious minorities. So they were in a sheltered colony to start with and then became automatically, with the Declaration of Independence and the end of the, the War of Independence, they became part of this new republic. So they had high hopes, but they still wanted to reassured themselves by writing to George Washington that they would have religious liberty under this new republic. And what's very interesting is the rabbi wrote to George Washington, he wrote as a a Jewish leader to a civil leader, but he also wrote as a fellow member of a secret society, of a mason. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, we've had other programs, but I, I just wish Americans understood the Masonic thread that ties a lot of the U.S. earlier history together. And it's not necessarily great or good, but it has to be acknowledged. But there was a fraternal tie there that I think, in this case, greased the skids for a very open plea for religious tolerance and a a gracious reply and assurance from President Washington. So let me share just briefly a little bit from both letters. Very good. I'm not going to read all of them, and they're not, neither one of them very long. But the uh, rabbi said this. He says, Deprived as we hitherto have been of the invaluable rights of free citizens. That so wasn't just a matter of religious liberty. They were not counted as full citizens. We now, with a deep sense of gratitude to the Almighty, disposer of all events, behold a government erected by the majesty of the people, a government which... To bigotry gives no sanction, to persecution no assistance, but generously affording to all liberty of conscience and immunities of citizenship, deeming every one of whatever nation, tongue or language equal parts of the great governmental machine. This so ample and extensive federal union whose basis is philanthropy, mutual confidence and public virtue, we cannot but acknowledge to be the work of the great God who ruleth in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, doing whatever seemeth to him good. And when, like Joshua, full of days and full of honor, you are gathered to your fathers, may you be admitted into the heavenly paradise to partake of the water of life and the tree of immortality. Wow. Very biblical, and yet if you know that they're Masons, there's a lot of reference to the Masonic Grand Master and the the deity that stands above all. Mm -hmm. 
And Washington's reply is very good. I'm not going to read it all, but two paragraphs say this. The citizens of the United States of America have a right to applaud themselves for having given to mankind examples of an enlarged and liberal policy, a policy worthy of imitation. All possess alike liberty of conscience and immunities of citizenship. It is now no more than toleration is spoken of as it were the indulgence of one class of people that another enjoyed the exercise of their inherent natural rights. So it wasn't just Jefferson that was carrying on on that. For, happily, the government of the United States, which gives to bigotry no sanction, to persecution no assistance, requires only that they who live under its protection should demean themselves as good citizens in giving it on all occasions their effectual support. And then he says, I'd be anything other than, than a normal person if I wasn't flattered by your <laughs> comments about me. Yes. But yeah, I think it's a very, even though it's relatively formal, it was a very good exchange from a people who had been marginalized even in the colonies, not sure that they were going to be protected under the law of this new economy. And I think their fears were well-founded. They had to have observed, even at that early point, that the slaves were not going to get rights, right, right. even though the Constitution said it. There was a history of persecution even in the New World, or at the very least, uh, marginalization. And so they wanted assurance from Washington, and he gave it to them. Well, what happened, Lincoln? Well, we've come a long way, and even as I uh, read those words again, I think we have a leadership now that will cast dispersions mm. at uh, marginalized groups. And that's not good, even though the law may not change. And Washington was not setting the law in his letter, but he set the tone, the of, tone the law, of the law. Yes, a positive yes, yes. affirmation of its principles. Yes. And while the Constitution is not at this moment in the process of being formally taken away, many of our leaders in making comments against groups or for nefarious groups that may have an agenda, I can think offhand at least two groups that are currently active that have an agenda yeah. to marginalize Jews, just yeah. for example. Yeah. I think loose language can cause the problem just as easily as bad laws. Mm. And that is exactly what we have today in abundance, loose language. And you're saying that can be a very dangerous thing. Absolutely. We should expect in any country, but particularly in the United States, which has such high ideals, very clear history of people standing for rights, we should expect leadership that have a moral commitment to what the country was founded on, not somebody who operates enough within the law to escape either rejection from the people or legal actions by authority that may even rein in the most profligate of rulers. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm watching my words on that because at the moment I'm not sure anyone can be reined in in the United <laughs> this States. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but an election may do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like what you're saying there because it just underlines what that rabbi said later at a synagogue where he says that it becomes easier to commit human rights abuses and normalize discrimination against people considered the other. You're saying that America was founded on the concept that there is no other. It's only us. We are the people. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. and, and even as you say that, you know, we're going through a period where illegal immigrants and immigrants of another sort of a religion and culture are being 
very consciously portrayed as an other. And they may be on a certain level, but to accentuate that from the bully pulpit of leadership creates a divide within society that can deteriorate into violence. It doesn't take much beyond the normal give and take of an uncertain life for that to turn very bad. I should say something about George Washington. He was what I think the presidency was determined to be, not you know, the chief lawmaker, Congress, was given that role and the Supreme Court to affirm it. But he was to have the the bully pulpit, but not as a bully, as a figurehead and as a benign figure who gave a friendly face to the principles of the country that he led. All right, very good. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. There is a website, libertymagazine.org. Lots of good resources there to continue your journey of understanding and all things religious liberty. That's libertymagazine.org. Lincoln, thank you so much for sharing today. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>